Lori? Yes, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? Good, good. You're live on the new Nerd Nation Entertainment Broadcast. Pleasure to have you on. All right, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad we finally got this interview in. It's um, It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Yes, it has. You were you had a very interesting story, and I and I thought, why not share it? Um, you actually have a son who was born through scientific research, and I don't know too much about it, so I'm actually going to let you take over and kind of enlighten the people. Sure, sure. Well. I guess not really scientific research, but I guess utilizing scientific methods and um, ultimately IVF and vitro fertilization, which has been around a while, um, is more, I guess, accurate. I, I feel like it's the future, though, because only so many people have done it. So... Um, I guess to start off, let's talk about the process of it. Well, first I froze eggs multiple times. Uh, so I went through a process, I think, what was it, three or four different times I had egg retrievals. So since I was older, uh, I started the process when I was 38, and ultimately I delivered my son at 44 and a half. So trying to remember now if I did three or four egg retrievals. I think it was three. And so after each retrieval, the eggs were frozen. And then after I decided I, I was really ready to move forward, because at first when I was 38, I froze my eggs because I wasn't sure if I really wanted a child. I was hoping I'd be married and have a husband and live happily ever after. But um, at 38, I still wasn't 100% sure. And when I was more sure and talked to my doctor about it, he recommended that I freeze more eggs uh, to increase my chances. And so that's what I did. I did two more rounds of egg retrieval and freezing. And then when I was ready, uh, I went ahead and... Went shopping online for a sperm bank. Um, I used, obviously, a sperm bank that was reputable by the IVF center. And I chose a donor that had gone through extensive genetic testing. And the reason I did that was I wanted to ensure that... Um, whatever donor I picked was free of any inherited diseases. Since I was going to be a single mom, I wanted to make sure I had the healthiest child as possible as I would be caring for him myself. Now that's amazing. I, I say that's one of the ultimate benefits to this. Right. And nothing's guaranteed, right? It just right. improves your chances. And so I did not, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want a, a donor that has blonde hair, that's tall, that has blue eyes. Or what? I did not look for physical characteristics in my donor. Why not? I, Why not, though? Because, I, I mean, I hate to be so blunt, but 
physical characteristics in this world, it plays a huge part sometimes. It does, but what the picture of the donor looks like doesn't mean that that is going to be what your child looks like because Amen. there's a mother. And then also, it was more important for me to have a higher chance of a healthy outcome versus a physical appearing outcome. For sure. So I didn't look at ethnicity, hair color, height, or anything. So it just so happened that when I was doing a search based on the genetic testing that the donor I picked was um, free from any of the inherited conditions. It was like 200 conditions that were tested at the time. And it's called expanded carrier screening. So that was great because then I was like, okay, well, he's not a carrier of any of these genes for inherited diseases. So that made me feel great. And it just so happened that that person that was the donor happened to be blonde and I'm blonde and my son is blonde. Um, So that was just kind of like an added bonus, but that's how I chose the donor sperm. So to go back after the donor sperm was chosen and sent to the lab, they combined the donor sperm with the eggs that I had retrieved and they grew them up in a dish and it ultimately resulted in four embryos. Nice. So, you know, still it's, since my eggs were older, you know, a lot of the abnormalities come from older eggs So this is where, like, the newer technology, I mean, expanded carrier screening of both the mother and the the donor, um, you know, has improved over the last few years. I mean, it's been around for several, but it's improved greatly over the last few years. But the the newer technology is, is testing the embryos before implantation into the mother and that's called pre-implantation, pre-implantation genetic testing. So that's where I had the four embryos sent off to make sure there was normal chromosome count. So most miscarriages, and I don't think a lot of people know this, um, most miscarriages are due to chromosomal abnormalities in the embryo, not necess- which could come from old, older parents, eggs or sperm, both uh, the mother and the father or the male and the female donating the egg and the sperm. They could both have chromosomal abnormalities that they're passing around. Um, so the embryos I had tested and out of the four, unless you do this testing, you have no idea if the embryo is going to work or not. Like you're basically just guessing. So by doing the testing, um, they found that only one out of the four was normal. The other three would have never resulted in a pregnancy and a live birth. They were able to pick the one embryo that was normal, and they knew the sex. I didn't want to know the sex. I mean, you can know the sex, but I didn't want to. I just wanted to know that they were going to have a normal embryo with normal. Now, again, nothing's 100%, um, but based on this testing, they can definitively tell the number of chromosomes in each embryo 
and the one that they implanted um, was had the normal chromosomal count and resulted in my son. Now, what was your um, thought process in the spiritual sense? Did you feel that in doing this, um, you were actually breaking like a spiritual, um, you know, kind of law in a sense? Because because I mean, I mean, particularly, it's kind of like playing God, you know. And, And so I did have that ethical dilemma. So in my 30s, before I even froze my eggs, I had several friends that were going through repeated rounds of IVF and virtual fertilization and having failures. And and at the time, like, you know, I did take the stance, well, like, maybe this isn't meant to be. Like, maybe you're not. And I didn't say this to them, but I was thinking in my brain, like, you know, is IVF, you know, something we should be doing? Like, is right. it? So I definitely went through that. And I guess how I got through it myself was because I've never tried to get pregnant, right? So I never tried to have a baby. So I didn't really think to myself, like, maybe I'm not supposed to have a baby because I never tried and was unsuccessful. So I really was very, very lucky in the fact that um, maybe I'm never married, meant to be married, unfortunately, or, or, you know, have a lifelong partner, but it doesn't mean I wasn't meant to be a mom. And as a scientist with a science background that is in genetics, like that's what I do for a living. Right. Like I kind of thought to myself, okay, well, is this really, it is kind of, it's not natural, but am I, you know, if I have a, a baby, like, Maybe it was meant to be. Again, I'd never in my life tried to get pregnant. I'd never gone through the IVF process before. It just happened to work on the first time. I attribute a lot of that to the PGT testing. Um, So, yeah, it it is still kind of like an ethical dilemma. But then I'm like, well, I have a successful, healthy baby. So maybe it was meant to be. Right. And... you know, to be honest, this takes like the whole I don't need a man thing to a whole nother level. <laughs> you know. So was that part of it? Was it just like you didn't think any dude was worthy enough? Because you're very beautiful and you shouldn't have any problem. So what was the thing there? You know, I don't know. I feel like men are crazy. I'm sorry. Right. But <laughs> like, Touche. You know, I it was more of, like, I can't wait any longer because of my age. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I don't need a man. But at the time, I was like, okay, well, I'm running out of time. Like, if I don't do this, I physically cannot do it. Like, men can, you know, produce offspring much longer than women naturally can with their own eggs. And it's the risk on the woman as she gets older is, is really, it, it goes up exponentially. Right. So For sure. not only do the eggs diminish in quality over time, 
and and sperm does as well too, but not to the extent. And there's a lot more available. Like women stop producing eggs, right? There, a woman is born with a finite number of eggs, where a man is not, right? His body continually produces them over time. And yes, while they may get weaker, and yes, they may have more abnormalities over time, they still. It's true. Men can still have babies in their 60s and 70s, so to speak, where women really, they cannot have their own. It would be, you know, it's almost a miracle if they do, right? So a lot of these celebrities that have babies much older in life, it's probably not their eggs. They're probably getting donor eggs um, and doing IVF as well. I mean, yes, miracles or, you know, there are things that are outside of the norm, but, um, I was more taking the stance of, shoot, I need to do this now before I have nothing left that's healthy, and I personally can't do it. Um, so, Well, you seem like a very um, loving and caring person, so I imagine that your ultimate thought was of the, the boy or girl um, and how they would feel. So did you think that? Were you thinking um, how, would, how would they feel about yes. that they were made this way? You know? So that is definitely something I think about. And, I mean, you know, if you go back, but the first time I froze my egg was at 38, and I didn't actually have the kid till 44, my son till 44 and a half. So there was a lot of thinking I did over those years. So one of them was do I want to bring this child into the world without a father? Um, do I want to, you know, have a baby on my own? Can I afford this? Like, am I giving this child the best life? And then I kind of thought about, you know, a person I'm actually not even friends with anymore. Uh, she basically was a single mom. I mean, and I thought about, like, God, there's so many single moms out there, whether the father abandoned them, the father passed away, and, other, and those kids are fine, and they're great, and, you know, they live wonderful lives. So I thought to myself, I'm like, well, there's a lot of kids out there that don't have two parents that, for, what, for one reason or the other. And I was like, I actually have better resources than a lot of, a lot of people out there with a that are single parent households. I said, so I shouldn't think about that. I mean, I did initially, but then I was like, God, there's tons of, you know, tons of single families or single parent families out there. And the kids are just fine and wonderful, but it is something, you know, obviously my son's only two and a half years old. So I haven't had that discussion with him yet. Right. Um, and I, I don't know how I will say, but I will never lie to him. Right. I'll never lie to him. And say he did have, you know, a father, you know, it, I don't know what I'll say, but. Well, I, well, I don't think it'll kick in till, you know, school when he sees other kids getting picked up by their father, you know, or things of that nature. I mean, the good thing is I do have a book that I share with him about different types of families and there's gay families and there's multiple ethnicity families and there's, you know, single parent families. So we do go through that book. Um, and our daycare that we're in does have multiracial families and gay families as well. Um, and I, 
and they are aware of our situation and they have been sensitive to that. So they did make me a Father's Day card in addition to the Mother's Day card. That's awesome. we are at an early age trying to make it be like it's no big deal to be a different family than the norm. Right. And also, um, now, does this work for people who struggle to have kids as well? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, anybody who's going through IVF and has a frozen egg or even a fresh egg that's doing some kind of combining of the sperm and egg outside of the body that's growing an embryo in a dish can do this technology. Now it's not available to somebody who's doing artificial insemination. Like that wouldn't work, right? Because they're putting the sperm into the woman. So then you can't do pre-implantation genetic testing. You can still do the carrier screening at any time both the female and the male can get carrier screening. And and I definitely recommend people, um, even if they're doing natural, you know, natural conception, you can still get carrier screening to know, you know, if you are a carrier to plan, hey, I have a possibility of having a child with cystic fibrosis or some kind of other condition. You know, parents at any time can get carrier screening done to look at their own genetic profile um and and also they don't want to know and also was it possible that you could have twins it was um it was pretty low because we grew the dish the embryo in the dish for a few days before it was transferred so it had already started dividing so no we only put one embryo in and it had already started dividing so i i think there was a chance it could have split, but I think it was pretty low. A lot of people with IVF that don't do the pre-implantation genetic testing will put in multiple embryos, and then those embryos, you know, most likely if, if they don't survive, there's a chromosomal abnormality, but they still can divide. This is just by using pre-implantation genetic testing, you know that the embryo you're putting in is normal. Yeah, now uh, down the line, he's you're going to see him playing with his toys or whatever. You're going to be like, man, it'd be cool if he had a friend. <laughs> Do you think you would go through the process a second time? I would not because I don't have any more eggs or embryos left, right? So, like, when we took out after three or four retrieval i think i did three egg retrievals we took all those eggs and combined them with a spur it only resulted in four embryos and of the four only one was normal so i don't have anything left oh wow (laughs) and i did have some complications with my delivery because of my it could have been because of my age um so i had you know alex was born via c-section and I did have some problems, and now I have some additional problems from that C-section. So, and now I'm going to be 47 in October. So, no, I am done. It doesn't mean I wouldn't be open to adoption or to somebody else's children. I would, but I will not be giving birth again. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Now, is that an option for people, though? Like, say... um 
someone only wants to use so many of their eggs and take a gamble, yeah. like take a gamble on five eggs instead of 14 eggs, you know, yes, you can do that. You can do that. You can tell them you want to split it or you could do them all. I mean, there's people like pre, you know, before pre-implantation genetic testing really even existed. I mean, it's sort of mainstream now, not really. Um, people do have embryos that are frozen. My cousin has embryos that are frozen and you can, but they haven't been tested. So people can have them all tested, send only a few of them for testing. You can keep the egg and sperm separate. You can combine them into embryos. There's a lot of different options that you have. It's just like what works best for you and your situation. Right. Yeah, I just wondered because I know there's several people who when they have a child, they want to have a second one. So um, and it sounds like you had to gamble on all of them, though. Like, is yeah, that I was old? I was yeah. just going to say, is that because you were older or what it do you was think? Old because I was older. So like when I was I only had a few eggs, I only had like 14 eggs. Right. So they say to only they say they have a minimum of 10 to not really try it with less than 10. So, you know, because it's a lot of its numbers and statistics and age and modeling. Um, so I had 14 at the time. That was the maximum number I had. So he's like, no, let's we have we really need to try them all at this time and then like I said it only resulted you know 14 eggs resulted in four embryos and only one was good yeah. so if you think about the math involved and a lot of it is and Alex actually came from an egg from when I was 38 so none of the eggs from when I was in my 40s were even good right it doesn't mean that people don't have them that are good or they could you could do retrievals now I had a friend who is a year younger than me and her daughter's one month older than Alex. And she, um, she did do the PGTA, but she, her eggs were, her daughter is from an egg from when she was in her forties. Right. So she had not been freezing eggs. She had been doing it kind of like fresh the whole time. Oh, wow. She'd been going through, through multiple rounds, multiple rounds. So if I was at, so she had her baby at 43. So her eggs at her egg at 43, that resulted in her daughter was totally fine. Lastly, cause we're running out of time here. Uh, what let's fast forward a little bit, say 30 years from now, God forbid you pass away and your son is now trying to figure out his mother because he's trying to figure out his whole life and why his life is the way it is, you know, whatever people conjure, you know. But um, what would you say to him as far as your love for him or or whatnot? Well, I mean, I guess I should have said, too, when I picked the donor, we happened to also pick a donor that's open to communication at eight, when my son turns 18. So if my son wants to reach out to him to get to know him, it's between those two. They can, he has that option. Oh, nice. We'll see. Who knows? I mean, what, what the donor, you know, could be dead or not locatable at that time. Who knows? But I right. mean, 
I just want my son to know that I did whatever I can to ensure his health, um, to make sure that, you know, he had a good life. And I think he will because I, I've really financially, I before he was born, I made sure he was financially set for life. Um, so if there was to be something that happened to me when there was delivery, so he's, you know, I, I did the most I possibly could to ensure his safety and his financial well-being and his health um, before he was even born. What do you wish that he does that you won't do or you won't think you will get to do? I think be more of a free spirit. Um, I have always been very um, financially secure because I always put my finances first. And I don't want him to be haphazard, but I think I, and it's good because now he's set up good. You know, he, you know, I want to make sure, I I wish there was, I would have been a little bit more haphazard, so to speak, and not as rigid with working and saving. And even my mom has always said, you save too much. You need to spend more money. Which is kind of the opposite, because most people spend more money and don't save. Right. (laughs) So I want to make sure he has a good balance of enjoying life, but also being smart. Of course. That's beautiful. So maybe a, maybe a better balance of maybe he, I I hope he has a better work life balance than I do. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Lori. I appreciate you being on. I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, you are you're the future. You really are. And what a better place to come on the show, the Nerd Nation. I I think it's great. Um, oh, okay. It's an honor to have you. It's an honor. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Take care of yourself, and I hope you stay tuned, and I hope this story helps someone. Thank you so much. Thank you, too. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Cheers. Bye.